0: Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, June 15, 2021. I hope your week is off to a great start, and I appreciate you listening to whatever the fuck I'm going to say today. Is that really what I want to express right off the bat? Yeah, because I'm grateful for you listening. I wanted to just close the loop a little bit about what I was talking about. On the last podcast where I said that there were some people in a crowd who were upset about 9-11 jokes, and that is their right. And I said, but you should shut the fuck up about it or leave or be quiet or whatever, because here's what I wanted to if I didn't make the point. Finally enough, there is a barrier to entry in doing stand-up comedy, and that is you have to write the jokes and you have to go get on stage. Okay, that's the barrier to entry. And if somebody does that and you don't and you're sitting in the crowd and you don't agree with them, then tough shit. You don't have to. You don't have. I mean, not tough shit, but tough shit. You you don't have recourse. You can't yell out. That's that's as somebody who acts acts as one and also has a toddler. That's toddler like behavior. You're throwing a tantrum because something didn't go your way or someone said something you didn't agree with so you can't yell out. It's not like Twitter where you just get upset about something and just send out a missive into the world. You can sit there in silence. You can frown. Hmm, I didn't like that. But uh, you, you you can't yell out. You can't yell out. Even comics make it hard though sometimes are like when they ask you questions, then it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to might say something. That is different. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, you guys ever do this? And then someone's like, yeah, one time I did that. And the comic's like, hey, bro, shut the fuck up. And the audience member's like, you just asked me a question. I don't mean like that. I'm saying uh, if comic says something you don't agree with, then. Take it like an adult, endure the fact that someone says something you don't agree with. Okay? that's what I'm is that I'm on the high horse. I'm just saying there's a barrier to entry. And if you want to have your voice heard in a comedy club, Write the jokes, email the club, sign up for the open mic, come up on stage and say how much you don't like people making jokes about nine eleven. Why? Well, I don't know. Because it meant something to you. Or whatever it is. Go into your truth, man. Make it personal. Make it real. <laughs> Have a take. Uh, you know, and uh, what, what do I try to think? What do I try to think? Is it something I care about? First of all, is this funny? Is this something I care about? And is it real to me in that, you know, hopefully it happened to me? Like somebody coming up to me at Limerick and saying, uh, you know, I hate to admit this, uh, it's pretty embarrassing, but I listened to the podcast. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know what's even more embarrassing than that is uh, having someone come up to you and tell you they're embarrassed to listen to your podcast. And there, that's a real thing that happened. And, uh, I turned it into a joke on Saturday night and, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's going to be funny in front of a real crowd because these shows I did on Saturday night at the battery in, uh, in, I don't know where it is. It's outside of Atlanta, but it's in Atlanta. It's the place where they took the Braves to where they, when, when the Braves took the Braves away from the black people and moved them to the white people. It's where that is, so it's it's literally right next to the Braves' new stadium, which I saw for the first time. And it's a mega, entertainment, generic. I don't know. I don't need to shit on it. It's a mega complex of adult Dave and Buster's kind of things, right? It's it's a it's a draft house and an ale steak and a bullshit video game. I don't know what it is, but it's really well attended. I'm not talking about the show I did. The show I did is pure class, and as is the establishment that hosted it. I'm just talking about this. For If you don't live in Atlanta, we used to have a baseball team in Atlanta called the Atlanta Braves, and it was in downtown Atlanta, surrounded by primarily black neighborhoods. And several years ago, uh, they – and it was awesome, too, by the way. It was, it was really a cool, I thought, intersection of all parts of Georgia and outside of Georgia. it made me, as somebody who's not from here, realize how significant the Braves are to so many people who live outside of Atlanta. You know, and would drive in from Alabama. And I think people drove up from Florida. And, you know, it was it was for me, who, you know, was new to the city all those years ago, what was called Turner Field was just really awesome experience of all these different types of Georgians and Atlantans as well and you could sit there and you could see the city skyline it was it was uh, I thought it was a great I never saw a bad view in that place and I've sat in really I sat in really expensive seats a couple times and then I sat way up in the sky and I never it was always a great time they were nice. Even though it was hot, there were nice breezes blowing through the place. I thought it was a really cool place to see a baseball game anyway, because money is more important than anything else in the world. And that's, uh, I say that descriptively, not judgmentally, uh, the owners of the Braves <laughs> held uh, the dumb fucking taxpayers of Cobb County, not dumb, powerless is what I mean, because you know, you didn't have a say in it. You're crooked politicians did. They took the Braves and they moved them to this place outside of Atlanta called Cobb County and that's where they play now. And uh you know, the demographic of where they were was largely black, now it's moved and it's become largely white. And the Braves would say it was a good business decision, and you know what? I'm glad they're making well, I don't give a fuck if they're making more money, but that's all it's about. And so that's what they did. They they and I'm grown and I know that's how the world works and you know The fact that, you know, my tax dollars here in Fulton County help pay for a billionaire, Arthur Blank, to have a new fucking Mercedes-Benz stadium. I just know that's the way the world works. Do do I want my tax dollars to go to billionaires? No. Do I think that they should pay for their own fucking stadiums? Yes. But am I uh, part of a, uh, I'm a pawn, a proletarian in in a plutocracy where billionaires and trillionaires control everything. And so that's what happened. They took the Braves up to Cobb County, and they have the gall to still call them the goddamn Atlanta Braves. They're not in the city of Atlanta. Call them something else. Call them the Cobb County Braves. It's, uh, anyway, so that's where the Braves are. The Braves now play in one of these you know, like has happened all across the country and caused old people like me to be like, just eh, was back when you had to go in a fucking neighborhood where you're going to get robbed on your way to the stadium and your windows were going to, tires slashed on the way back and all that. Every stadium in the country is like this. Taxpayers fund billionaire stadiums. That's That's what we've decided we accept. Not the people, but the plutocrats. They've decided that's what they accept and the politicians that enabled them, etc. So the Braves have this new glistening, glittering complex of generic entertainments. (laughs) Like me standing on stage holding a microphone. But if you can check all of my Gen X withered punk rock cynicism, skepticism, it's a pretty impressive place. There's all sorts of Places where you can probably overpay for a beer and a sandwich and, you know, ice cream and all that crap. And and anyway, the point what the point is this. The point is. At this complex, at the battery, it's called the battery, um, there's Brave Stadium and then this these entertainments all around it. There is a hotel there called the Omni Hotel and the Omni Hotel. Has comedy shows inside it. And they are great shows. (laughs) So like I said, this is this is exclusive. It's exceptional to uh, what is happening outside of of the Omni. Meaning I wholeheartedly endorse you going to the battery and seeing shows at the Omni. These show these crowds were I did two shows there on Saturday. They were so hot. They were so, and I've, you've probably heard me men- mention this. They're so hot. They're untrustworthy. Like on the second show, I just, you know, usually you should start with a joke that works one you know, uh, every comic I, pr- I, pr- I don't know if every comic has a different philosophy, but a lot of comics believe you should always start with something that you know is going to work. Because that tells the crowd you're the right person for the job and you gain their trust. And also you maybe quiet the voice in your head that says, "Um, I hope they're going to come around here because I haven't heard any." You don't want to start with something brand new that you don't know if it's going to work. And the crowd's like, did you think that was going to be funny? And you're like, well, (laughs) I thought about it while I was in the parking lot. So, yeah, I thought it would work. How much credibility do you want to get with the audience right off the bat? Other comics are like, I'm fucking funny, and I'm just going to tell you what happened on my walk to the club, and I know it's going to work because I'm a great comic. And those comics also are very, um, by me, very respected and admired. Uh, and you know what? That, that's how you should be. You should be, I think, on the front foot and like, this shit's funny. And if it's not, I'm still going to figure out how to move through this and communicate to you, even if it doesn't work, that I am the right person for the job. But this crowd, the second show, I just I started just bullshitting about the ridiculous parking garage, which is insane because like a lot of parking garages, I'm not how entertaining can I make this to you who wasn't there? I'm not going to try really. I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Parking garages, usually there's like an obvious way, like, okay, if I go left, I can go up and maybe get access to more parking. Nope, there's none there. And you keep going up this one felt like you just keep going around in the same like 60 cars driving around the same square looking at the same 45 full parking spots anyway i just started talking about how insane it was and how i felt like i was having flashbacks and was i i don't think i served in vietnam but i felt like it And it was this real alice in wonderland thing up there and the crowd was just like going crazy, like, oh my God, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, this crowd, <laughs> this crowd is not reliable. So then I just started working in things, you know, I told a couple of bits that I knew were completed, but um I started telling I started like riffing on things that I'd said on the podcast about, you know, the person telling me they're embarrassed to listen. Like, thank you. Thanks, dude, by the way, appreciate you listening. <laughs> but there should be no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm a guilty pleasure, but just do you, man. Guilty pleasures are for the insecure among us, and you know, I'm one of you. Uh, Who gives a shit what other people think about what we like? You know, just embrace you like the Gilmore Girls. No problem. Anyway, so I was just like doing stuff from the podcast, and it was working, and it was uh, untrustworthy, but Meaning the crowd was just so good. So good. Uh, these shows that happen at the Battery are put on by the Laughing Skull. And like everything else, Laughing Skull does very well done, very thoughtful. Details considered what is best for, for comedy, what is best for the performers, which makes the best for the audience, that sort of thing. Um, and they do them... I think every weekend that the Braves are not in town. So if you live in the uh, northern part of Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, because again, this is Cobb County, it's not Atlanta. Um, It's like people who are from Long Island. Like how it drives people who live in the city of New York crazy when people from Long Island say they're from New York. That whole city... And it happens everywhere, right? I'm from Boston. I guess actually if you're from Boston, it just means I'm kind of an asshole. (laughs) I, you know, my Bostonian uh, associates know what I'm talking about. But that city thing where people say, oh no, I'm from, they say the city, and city residents later find out you're two hours away from the city or you're 45 minutes away from it in a nice suburb. But you're saying, you know, just that whole thing that city people and people who aren't from the city that that tension or that dynamic anyway if you live north of Atlanta up there in Cobb County or uh I don't know any of the other counties counties by the way are very big in Georgia I in California it's like what, what do you mean county what does that mean there's Orange County but that's like a city there's Long Beach, L.A., San Francisco, San Diego. What else? What do you mean counties? But here, counties are huge. I Maybe because of the way the political system is set up. But these, whatever. If you have a chance to go see shows at the Omni Hotel, at the Battery, you are going to love them because the, you're going to be part of a crowd that's so hot that even if you didn't think, <laughs> it's like the opposite of what I was talking about at the beginning around you know, people disagreeing with it with a joke or something they hear in a comedy club. You may disagree, but everybody, whatever you hear at the Omni, but everybody else is going to be laughing and you might laugh, you'll laugh along with them. The shows are so great. So, um, but as a comic, I just, I can't trust, (laughs) can't trust those audiences. They're just, they're too nice. They're too generous. And you want to, you want someone who's going to come up and tell you, hey, I'm embarrassed that I fucking support you. That's what you, that's a true score, right? You, a crowd that is going to laugh at, you know, your silly riff on the parking lot might not be the most reliable, but it's really fun speaking of, and I I mean, you listen to the podcast tonight's Tuesday. So come to Limerick. This is the final night of the Joe Kelly residency. We do this comedy show, as you know, every Tuesday night at Virginia Highland, in Virginia Highland at Limerick Junction. Joe Kelly has been doing the shows every for a month or so, getting ready to record his big album this weekend. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend it because I'm doing a show up in one of those counties that I was just shitting on. Not shitting on, but saying I didn't know much about. I'm doing a comedy show Saturday night in a place called Roswell, Georgia, but that doesn't matter. What matters right now is Joe Kelly is recording his album on Saturday night, the 19th at a place called Mixed Deity. And Joe has been not working out, but yeah, working out, working through, honing, running his album a little bit and bits and parts over the last month or so at Limerick, which is why he's been on every show and why I refer to him as the resident comic at Limerick Junction. So he's closing the show out tonight, So you should come check it out and wish him well and also go see his show on on Saturday because it it will be killer. Also on the show tonight is Nate Allen, who recently moved here from uh, Savannah, I believe. Super funny dude. Kristen Neal, Tobias Dean, Lisa Smith, and Damon Oakley. So it's a no no whatever for the whatever. Good comedy is, is what I mean. got distracted thinking about joe's residency and forgot what i wanted to talk about i mentioned previously that i went to the doctor and i and they're they like hey you might want to come back this is this is not a revelation by the way um they're like you might want to come back uh and i had to go back because i have elevated cholesterol <laughs> what's up ladies anyway i had to go back and they they're like you don't really have any other risk factors besides the fact that you, I guess what it is, my body produces a lot of cholesterol. This is real hot, I know. Um, but I don't have other risk factors Like I don't, for heart disease. I don't smoke. I exercise, generally speaking. But they're like, hey, we're doing a, running a special on these CT scans of your heart. Uh, and I was like, what does that mean, Special. Like, well, normally, insurance doesn't cover them for whatever reason. Uh, we know the reason. And uh, and they're like 700 bucks. But, but today only, or sometime in the next couple of weeks, you can get one for 90 bucks. And so I was like, all right, I'll do that. So on Friday, I went into Piedmont Hospital, or the mega complex that is Piedmont Healthcare. And... To get this, essentially, cats, I didn't know what was in store, but I just knew that they were going to uh, image somehow my heart and see if I have, if my cholesterol has caused plaque to build up on the arteries inside my heart. And, you know, if you are fortunate enough to go to the quote unquote, the doctor in the United States, you know it's a bit of an assembly line process. There's not a lot of personal touch to it you know just you walk in help you or you walk in it's just like yes name that's it's like and then you get past down the next hall turn right and you go there and they're like yes name help you that's what it's it's just sort of robotic and i'm not shitting on them it's just what the system is what i i was sent to this waiting area at piedmont hospital and there were maybe 26 chairs in this room and i was the only person sitting in there and when the woman you know and i'm just I, I try not to look at not try not to look at my phone i just find myself not looking at my phone in those situations i just kind of like try to look around see what's going on you know take it in I'm not trying to not be pre- i try to be present so i'm trying to be it's like as my love making i try to be very present oh yeah I talked previously about how my wife was uh, telling me how ripped the neighbor was. Like, oh, he's got a nice frame on him. I started talking about that on stage, and they're, you know, they were, love that too. I'm like, you should see his wife. Anyway, I try to be present sitting in the waiting area, and it's just so classic how everyone that works, it seemed, or the perception to me that everyone who works in the mega medical complex is just, On autopilot. Like everybody else who goes to work tends to be on autopilot. But um, I suppose I am old-fashioned and I still expect somebody to come out and say, Hello, sir, how are you feeling today? And they're like, fuck you, dude. Uh, But I'm the only person sitting there in this space of like 30 chairs. I'm the only human being in the space. And a woman comes out from behind the counter or down the catacomb and she emerges in front of me and she is about five feet to my left and five feet so it's diagonal five feet diagonal to my left and she stands there and she yells my name yells it into the space and I didn't I didn't respond (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I was, because momentarily I was shocked. Like, what on earth, who on earth, where do you think this guy could be if it's not me? Not that she's an idiot. She's just on autopilot. She's not, she doesn't give a fuck. And I'm not asking her to give a fuck, but she yelled my name into an entire. It was like if you'd be sitting in. You'd be sitting in a in a a conference room and you're waiting to be interviewed for a job, and someone walks in and yells your name as loud as possible, but they don't yell at you they just ping pong it around have it ricochet around the room and you're like uh yeah i'm I'm fucking right here, don't you see me? <laughs> it's me, baby." <laughs> And so I did, when this woman yelled my name, I did not respond. And then, I, and I mean, immediately because I was shocked, like, what on earth? And you know, of course, she's on autopilot. But then I, I was like, I, I, I kind of raised my hand halfway, and also like my face was like, like, who the fuck else could it be? Like, do you not see me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, right, right here, it's me. Like, and and then I gave her like a. But I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be a dick to her. But um, and then she just, you know, pointed me and down the hall, go to the left, wait, take off. Didn't have to take anything off, actually. I thought that was pretty amusing. And just a sign of how people just dude, It's just work. I'm just here. I'm going to yell. I don't know if there are six people in this room. One people, one person, 500 people. I'm just going to holler out your name. And then I get all the way down the hall. I go into the actual examination room where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this CAT scan of my heart. <clears throat> and they have me lie down. It looks like I've never had an MRI, but it looks like, or a CAT scan, one of those scary tube things you see in movies where the, the whatever is like an inch in front of your face and you're lying down on your back and you go into the kind of coffin thing. Mine was just like a big donut. It was like a big round, it was like a big donut, like in uh, Long Beach, or Compton, wherever that famous donut store is out there. Um, and they the woman, the woman there, she was actually very personable. She was like, Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? that Sort of thing. <clears throat> she pushes me through. And so it's like a big donut. And they're gonna line it up. So the donut is over the imaging or how whatever a cat scan is, is done over my chest and she said i can hear on this, on the pa system saying okay uh so you're going to it's going to slide you in there and when it stops you're going to hear a voice telling you to take a deep breath <clears throat> excuse me and so i i don't know what i expected i mean i expected what did i expect i expected a voice that would be in english obviously and probably with if not an American accent, maybe a British accent. There was just I don't know why I associate that with some formality and stiffness. And then third, a very much associated with that, I also thought, because you know, every there's a high percentage of seemingly South Asian people that I see when I go to Piedmont Healthcare, that I could hear like a daisy accent of some sort. And I th- I, that's just what I thought. So in my head, I probably start with American voice and then second, maybe English or Indian-esque. Something like that. Just because that's what's primed. And sh- so then the thing starts moving and it stops. And all of a sudden, while I'm lying under there with this, this huge mega machine like an inch in front of my chest, I hear, nail. Take a big, deep breath and hold it in. Yeah, that's right. And I, it was everything in my power to not explode in laughter because it never crossed my mind. And I didn't do a great example. I didn't do a great job in that accent. I never thought that I would hear an Australian accent. Now, set down your beer there and that's right like i it was the fucking funniest thing in the world to me i i, I had to stop i almost like like exp- it was so funny to me and then i was like okay, at that's just you know <laughs> your, your your doctor is here and he is australian <laughs> i'm just saying and i know that people listen down there and i know that so thank you for listening and i know That there are great doctors down there. Uh, I've just never met an Australian doctor here in the United States. And when I'm in this hyper, and you know what it is? It's in a hyper serious, serious environment. Uh, And this is just fucking racist as well against whatever it is, nationalist against, it's not against you Australians. I'm just saying in this moment of incredible gravity to hear, here's what it is. Here's the root of it. To hear a voice that my cultural American, uh, everybody else is a foreigner, cultural background, right? That we're raised here just to think of Australians as, you know, throwing fucking boomerangs around, which is so dumb. But, you know, that's what we got. How about representation of Australians? Well, here you go. Here's Crocodile Dundee. Well, that's annoying. But that's so fun loving two-fisted beer drinking you know that's we get the stereotype in this country um and uh and and so that's what made me laugh so hard internally and I had to hold it in and then uh you know now be careful there's a dingo ate like that sort of dingo ate my baby shit when the woman wheels me back out or the thing slides me back out I said I uh I got to be honest, I was not expecting to hear that voice. <laughs> and she said, yeah, everyone is really surprised. So I'm not the only person who, uh, I don't want to say what I am or what I'm not, because that's for you to decide. I'm just not the only person who's surprised to be in the hyper intense medical facility and startled they <laughs> hear an Australian accent. Now, I'm going to take a look at your heart and it's going to, I, I can't, I can't do accents. I found I can do a little bit of an Anthony Fauci voice, though. I learned that on stage the other night. Listen, it's me. I, I, I don't know. It sounds like uh, the Simpsons' uh, aunts. But I said to the woman, I'm like, I got to be honest. I was kind of surprised to hear that voice. And she said, yeah, everybody is. <laughs> Everyone's startled to think that there's an Australian who's going to be responsible for their help. No. She said, yeah, everybody is. When they had it fixed whoever fixed, and I was like, so it didn't work. Anyway, when they, it, the last time the machine was repaired, somehow the setting got stuck on <laughs> or an, ended up on Australian, uh, Australia. And I would have been less surprised if it would have been like boy George. And I say boy George, because, um, ways always offers me, Hey, do you want boy George as your voice? I would have been less surprised if it was Boy George than the Australian accent that I heard. And she said, yeah, when when the repair was finished, it was just on this, and nobody has changed it since. And she said, I can't. (laughs) But she even was like, yeah, I know, it's it's pretty wild, isn't it? (laughs) God bless you, Aussies. And also the New Zealanders who listen maybe got dragged in that uh, podcast or two where I talked about Uh, rugby which I need to get back into watching some of that talk about real men anyway um, it was it was pretty funny and what it underlined for me is that whoever repaired (laughs) it's great when you find people who have a, a, a shared sensibility and I walked out of the doctor's office the medical complex whatever you want to call it with my scan done later on the results came back and said you look great no need to worry etc cetera, etc cetera. but what i took away most was you know there is a re- there is a cat scan repair technician who has a great goddamn sense of humor and for that i am <laughs> i am super grateful cuz that's what i think happened the repair person's like yeah we're done repairing this Siemens cat scan machine uh let's just do this it's almost like the adolescent waiter who or the kids who unscrew this this is more dickhead who would unscrew the salt or pepper and so when the neck the tops of them so the next person pours it over the whole thing pours and ruins not like that that's pretty amateur hour and i've never done that that's ever or, the, you know, there used to be like you could leave the gas pump <laughs> squeezed so the next person would start pumping and it would, you know, gush all over the place, guys are all over the place. It's just a person who's like, you know what, we'll see if people get a kick out of these Australian accents. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to talking to you on Friday. Come to Limerick tonight and I have a million shows this week, so uh, I'll tell you, you know how to find them and... Uh, Look forward to seeing you soon. Bye.